Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast. We're glad to have you back with us. This is Dan Gingas, and unfortunately tonight I'm flying solo. My British colleague Dan Moriarty was called away to a work trip, so it will just be one Dan tonight instead of two. But I'm happy to be with you, and this is going to be a fantastic episode. Before I introduce our guest, I wanted to mention something that happened recently, and we don't normally talk about things in a timely manner because we know that you may listen to this podcast several weeks from now, but you will probably still be familiar with the fact that United Airlines had a significant technical problem last week where their systems went down for about two hours and many flights got delayed or canceled. And I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was such a fantastic example of how to handle customer service in a crisis. The first thing that the company did was they posted on social media a notice that informed customers of the problem. And they didn't hide behind it, and they didn't hope that you know people wouldn't notice. They came right out in front of it and said, we are having a problem, and we're working on it. Next, they posted again and gave updates to what was going on with the problem, when they expected it to be resolved, and gave options for customers who were looking to rebook their flights. And finally, I think really where they went above and beyond is they recorded a 42-second video of their senior vice president for customers who talked with much empathy about how sorry they were for this difficult situation. She was very transparent. She explained what happened. She was helpful. She gave additional options for customers needing to rebook flights. And again, not once but twice apologized in a very humble way. United then continued to answer questions throughout the night, even though the number of tweets that day that mentioned their handle topped 14,000 when their normal daily average is below 2,000. It's about 1,700. And they continued to respond to customers, even though it took them much longer than normal. They got back to every single customer. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I actually wrote about it. You can go to our friends at Social Media Today, that's socialmediatoday.com, and search for either United Airlines or for my name, Dan Gingas, and you'll see the article that I wrote about United handling a crisis with exceptional customer service. So moving on to today's episode, I'm very, very excited. Our last episode, you might know, was our very first international episode, but we didn't really travel very far. We went from the United States up to Canada. And today, uh, we're going to board the plane and go a lot farther and all the way out to Melbourne, Australia, to talk to Telstra, which is Australia's leading telecommunications and information services company. And they provide mobile, internet, and TV services to more than 16 million people. And I'm very happy to have Monty Hamilton on the show today. He's the head of digital operations, and he's responsible for digital sales and service across website, mobile, and social. And Telstra has really led the way in digital customer care. They've got 24-7 customer support in social media. They've got an award-winning crowdsourced digital community engagement. Really, really interesting company and obviously an interesting industry, and we'll get into that because certainly in the United States, telecom is an industry that has a lot of people talking about it one way or another, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. So Telstra was nominated by a C-expert, that's 
at C-X-P-E-R-T. I'm assuming the C-X stands for customer experience. He's also from Melbourne, Australia, and very happy to introduce Mr. Monty Hamilton from Telstra. Welcome, Monty. Well, thanks very much, Dan. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, yes, you have further been, further the, ventured further than uh, to Canada, across the Pacific, down to uh, Melbourne and Australia. So great to join you today. Well, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to uh, join us. I'm wondering if you can just start with a little bit about your background and how you ended up at Telstra. Certainly. Well, pretty much grew up digital, um, and for the 15 years of my career to date, all my jobs have had a flavour in uh, in the digital economy, so to speak. Probably the first five years was spent in large-scale financial services. I worked for National Australia Bank. Then I actually went on to launch a, a direct bank uh, called Ubank here in Australia, and a big shout-out to your Australian listeners who might be customers of NAB or uh, Telstra or, of course, Ubank. And the last five years or so, I've been... Um, working on the digital transformation of Telstra. And Telstra is an incredible organisation with a heritage of over 120 years uh, here in Australia from all around this, this great country that we're privileged to live in. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was looking at the history of your company on the website, and you guys do go back a very long way. It's a really, really interesting company uh, for anybody that wants to check it out. And so when you were nominated by C-Expert, he posted a commercial of yours, which I thought was absolutely awesome. It featured a service agent named Magda. And in the commercial, it says that you guys want to be famous for caring about your customers. And I love that thought. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that and then really about your customer service philosophy in general. Look, I think, Dan, um, it's great that that TV advertisement's come to life. But, uh, in many ways, it's symbolic of our corporate strategy, and that is very much an advocacy first organization. And we believe that if we're able to create customer experiences, offer great products and services that are fair value, that our customers will keep coming back for those and, and value the those products and services. And one of the key components of that is, is a personalized serviced experience. And that's quite simple for us. We want all customer interactions to uh, acknowledge customer's name, but most importantly, offer our individual names in those interactions. And that enables us to, whatever channel that dialogue takes place in, help customers connect with the same person for any particular problem or inquiry that they've got when they get in touch with us at Telstra. And we do that not only via telephone, we do it in our stores, uh, we do it in our, uh, our social media footprint, and we'd also do it via live chat, which is an enormous uh, customer service channel for us. That's fantastic. So customers kind of get to know the employees of Telstra and can actually reconnect with somebody that they've talked with before. Absolutely. And why that's important, Dan, is a lot of frustration stems from customers having to retell their story. If you think about interactions that you have with yourself, with, with organizations yourself, it can be quite you know, frustrating to repeat your situation or repeat the problem or inquiry that you've got. So, you know, at the end of each telephone call, at the end of each live chat session, we simply send off an email to the customer and it enables the customer to reconnect with a particular team member or colleague of mine that helped them out with their inquiry in the first place. It, it's a real game changer for us and our customers are loving it. That's a fantastic idea, and, and I'm wondering if the telecom industry is anything like it is in the United States is very price competitive, and so the idea that you guys are trying to compete on service is really interesting because service is a lot more difficult to copy than price. 
Well, absolutely. And, and as a, a long-standing Australian communications provider, and you know, over 120 years, as I mentioned, we have an incredibly trusted brand by our customers, but we haven't always been known for our brilliant service. And we've taken that very, very seriously, particularly in the last five years. And it's now actually the full backbone of our corporate strategy is how we put customers at the centre of everything we do. And you know, that stems from you know, messages to all of our, our customer care team. You know, my customer, my responsibility, getting it right first time and offering a personalised service experience. And that extends beyond human interactions. It extends across the whole organisation to digital interactions. Uh, and it starts with our executive, our former CEO, David Thody, very active on Twitter. Our current CEO, uh, Andy Penn, who, who took the reins a couple of months ago, not only active in public digital communities, but leading internal digital communities uh, connecting with our uh, our team. So we're a big user of Yammer, and it's completely flattened the um, the dialogue, uh, the the org chart around the company, opening up dialogue, uh, all range of topics. So you mentioned org chart, and you also mentioned that the company's been around for a long time. So you guys have been known for service for a while. All of a sudden, this new channel called social media comes up, and it's really a different kind of service channel. So I'm wondering, from an organizational perspective, how do you handle social customer service? Where does it sit in the organization? And then sort of as a follow-up question, do you get different kinds of questions or different kinds of customers in social media than you get in other service channels? We look at social media as purely an extension to the digitization of all aspects of our lives. And if you think about how you interact with your friends and family today, it's very different to say five or 10 years ago, you might use instant messenger, you might have group Facebook messaging dialogue with friends, you might have more conversations in digital than you do in the cafe or, or your lounge room. And that's no different to how customers tend to or now interact with organizations conversations that used to take place physically are taking place in digital environments and companies like us here at Telstra we need to simply be ready for our customers a change and appetite to deal with us in different channels that starts with you know Facebook in Australia Facebook has as many active users as we do customers in Australia you know nearly half of the population of Australia are active on Facebook down here which is really exciting for us but it means we need to be ready to have that dialogue and empowered to have it not only where our customers want, but when, which is why we operate a 24-7 experience. And in terms of where it sits down in the org chart, so to speak, well, social is a responsibility for every one of our employees at Telstra. Of course, we have a dedicated team with the right tools, technologies and process to support our customers around the clock 24-7. But where we've really unlocked value is by operating digital communities, be it our own internal Yammer or crowd support, which runs on the Lithium platform and technology, so we can actually have dialogue in a community set between employees and our customers, in addition to uh, dialogue that we're having on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, or beyond. Wow, I have about 4,000 follow-up questions, but I'm going to have to focus only on a, a couple. Let's go for a second to the 24-7 thing. I'm really interested in that because we've talked to some really large brands. We've talked to some small brands. A lot of times the small brands just don't have a chance of, of going to 24-7 because they just don't have the resources to do it. And I think the large brands, the question often is, you know, if you build it, will they come? If you open up 24-7, are you going to get questions in the middle of the night? And if you don't do that, are those people just going to wait 
for the morning, and is that okay? So can you talk a little bit about the decision to go 24-7? And presumably your volume is lower overnight, but maybe not, and I'd love to have you talk a little bit about that. Sure, Dan. So we believe that we need to be available when our customers want to interact with us as opposed to indoctrinating certain service hours uh, to our customers. But a couple of points that drive that. Australia is a large country, uh, almost same geographical size as continental US. We have four time zones for at least half of the year, um, spanning from our east to west coast. Whether you're in Perth, you're currently two or three hours at any point in time uh, throughout the year behind the eastern seaboard of Australia where Sydney and Melbourne are based. So a large country, multiple time zones, but also Australians love to travel and they take their products and services on the road with them. So if I land Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris and my global roaming's not turned on on my phone, it's not really important to me what time it is in Australia. I need my telephone to be working and to connect back with home. So more often than not, I've got Wi-Fi in the airport, but I can... Uh, jump on and tweet Telstra, it might be 3 a.m. in Australia and perfect uh, broad daylight in Paris, but we need to be available to support customers. I think that's a great way to think about it. And and definitely you have a product where that's necessary, right? I, I think some companies may or may not have that demand, but that's fantastic that you guys have recognized that your customers may need you any time of night and that you're there for them. I, I really like that. Yeah, I think look, one other point to add to that, Dan, is we don't all work nine to five anymore. I'm not sure the last time I started at nine or, or finished at five. Um, maybe I need to put a little note in my own diary to, to get a bit more balance in, in the work life. But we're working different hours and we're, we're consuming content and personal life experiences during the day that we used to reserve to during the night and we're doing mad scrambles on the email later in the evening. So our lives have changed and therefore when we choose to interact with organizations has also changed with that. Absolutely. You know, again, I keep referencing the the US telecom market, but if Australia is anything like that, people are passionate about their cell phones and their devices. And as you mentioned before, they want them to work wherever they are in the world, whatever time of day it is. So I would imagine that you, like a lot of different industries, have to deal with people that are both happy with you and maybe upset. And I'm wondering if you can tell the audience a little bit about how do you deal with that difficult customer? And in particular, how do you convert that difficult customer back into somebody that is happy to be a customer? To start with, customers, certainly our customers, don't always turn to what we call social media to raise their customer service inquiries. In fact, more often than not, we're seeing customers have attempted to resolve an inquiry elsewhere and then aired their frustration or support from a colleague, friend, or, or directly from the organization such as Telstra in Facebook, Twitter, or beyond. So sometimes, Dan, we actually see a concentration of that frustration in social media and digital communities. That's why it's really important that we start with empathy and understanding. So our team members are very much empowered to be who they are. There's no robotic scripts. There's no, you must use these words and not those words. Our people are real people and we empower them to have conversations in digital communities as they would with their friends and families in a physical environment. So very much empowered, but also we need to take an empathy stance and learn, listen and understand what the frustration and challenge is that we can try and improve and resolve for customers. You know, I mentioned earlier the importance of personalised service. That transcends both verbal conversations that needs to take place in digital as well. But also, 
once we've actually understood or learned and empathise the challenge that customers have, it's not always possible for us to resolve those inquiries in a public digital channel. So it's about having the right backup and support to take a private or conversation that requires a certain security around identification into a live chat channel. So one example of that, Dan, is we have a, a live chat service that's connected to our Facebook page and where an inquiry is posted on Facebook and we need to complete an identification check with customers for security and privacy, we can take that inquiry into one-to-one live chat sessions securely and have that dialogue with a customer in a private setting. So, look, personalised service, empathy and understanding and the right security and privacy to assist customers at their time of need. Monty, I think that's absolutely great. I always like to say that it's important to serve customers in the channel of their choice. So if they come to you in one channel, you know, the worst thing you can do is respond to a tweet by telling somebody to call your toll-free number, right? Because they could have done that, and they would have done that if they wanted to, but they decided to come to Twitter. And so I love the fact that you've introduced the chat right in Twitter or Facebook because it allows them to stay in the same channel, but to have the privacy and security that might be needed. I think that's uh, absolutely fantastic. Look, definitely. And look, our first goal is obviously to, to resolve the inquiry, not only in the channel, but also the, the platform or ecosystem the customers contacted us. And look, most times, Dan, we can. It can be as simple as a single tweet response that answers a question. You know, is there a service difficulty in Brisbane today? Yeah, there is actually. Here's a link to our service status and, you know, the estimated time to resolve that is two hours. So sometimes it can be as simple as that, connecting customers with the tools that we have available. But other times we need to, in order to deliver the right service, uh, take that into a absolutely a digital channel inquiry, but a secure one-to-one conversation. Absolutely. And I'm wondering if you could just tell me quickly, are you noticing that people are coming to social media as a channel of last resort, i.e. they've they've tried another channel and they weren't happy with the answer? Or are people coming to social as a channel of first resort because they know that they get a quick response and can move along with the rest of their day? Look, I think there's a, there's a life stage and maturation conversation around that topic, Dan. So initially, for sure, we started to see that, that trend and spike. But now digital communities and, and our digital customer care really is just reflective of the same type of inquiries that we're having or receiving via telephone, live chat and visits to our store. Of course, there are unique and fantastic experiences that all of those channels unlock in a store. You can touch and feel a new phone before you buy it. But in a uh, in a digital community or dialogue via Twitter, it exists around you know, your platform and, and the app on your smartphone in your time. So initially, yes, but now so it, it, it is much more um, representative of, of the general customer inquiries that we get. We're talking with Monty Hamilton, who is the head of digital operations at Telstra, which is Australia's leading telecommunications and information services company. And I want to remind the audience that you, too, can nominate a brand that you think does customer service really well on social media simply by sending us a tweet and using our hashtag, which is F-O-C-S, stands for Focus on Customer Service. I did learn a little answer to a trivia question this week. I noticed that some people were using the 
a hashtag FOCS in a language that I didn't recognize, and so I reached out to somebody, and it turns out that FOCS means fireworks in the Catalan language. So I think that is somehow appropriate to a customer service podcast, but I haven't quite made the connection as to how. Well, what a great part of the world uh, the Catalan is. Uh, wouldn't mind holidaying there uh, more regularly than I've had the chance to today, Dan. Yeah, I agree with you there. So, Monty, I want to finish up with a question that we ask all of our guests. As I mentioned before, we have listeners that work for small companies, medium companies, large companies, some that are just starting out their social care and some that have been really doing it for a while. And I'm wondering if you could share the advice that you would have for really a bigger brand or a smaller brand that wants to build an awesome social customer service team like you have. Where should they start? Well, I think the the progress and availability of fantastic tools and methodologies is a great starting point. Five years ago, large organizations had to use native platforms, you know, respond directly to customers using Facebook or a Twitter app on, on their mobile phone. So the progress and advancement in technologies now mean you can have as greater quality assurance, auditability, traceability of, of dialogue that you would in a contact center environment in digital community interaction. So get the right tools and methodologies. We've been very happy with the Lithium social web products. I'm sure there are other ones out there, but that empowers our people to do a fantastic job. It gives them an understanding of how many inquiries they're responding to, understanding the sentiment of how customers feel about those inquiries. It really is a liberation moment for organizations, whatever scale, uh, managing dialogue with customers. The second thing I would say, Dan, is is authenticity. Just because you're having an interaction in a different channel doesn't mean you need to change who you are. Whether it's you, whether you're a sole trader and you're running your own business, be yourself. Uh, And that's the, the number one message we give to all of our team members, every employee across the organization. Of course, we have some policy and process, but that's very much focused on education and empowering people to do the right thing and helping them learn and understand what things might not be the right thing for you know different social networks, different communities. What works in Facebook doesn't always work in Twitter and what pictures you post in Instagram don't always work well in Facebook. So yeah, tools and methodologies, authenticity and the right educational uh, process and, and governance. Fantastic advice, Monty. Really appreciate it. This is Monty Hamilton, again, who's the head of digital operations at Telstra in Australia. Monty, we are unfortunately out of time. Again, I I have a thousand more questions I want to ask you, but I really, really appreciate you uh, taking time out and joining us on the Focus on Customer Service podcast. And one more time, I want to remind our listeners that you can use the hashtag FOCS to nominate brands, just like CXpert did to nominate Telstra. And we will reach out to those brands and try to get them on a future episode. So, Monty, thanks again for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Dan. And a a big thank you to all of our customers, uh, all of those who uh, get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, and the like. We uh, appreciate your support and it's great to be able to share the story which is as much of our customers uh, story as it is ours Dan so thanks for your time and uh, look forward to chatting again soon fantastic for the focus on customer service podcast this is Dan Gingas thanks for listening to the focus on customer service podcast presented by social media today be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag focs and follow dan and dan on twitter at d gingas and at i am dan moriarty see you next time